Hello and welcome to Really Well Women with me, clinical somatic educator Heidi Hadley and naturopathic doctor Sarah Wilson. Really Well Women is here to educate, empower and enhance the health and well-being of women who have many demands and yet they want to take care of themselves from the inside out. Enjoy our podcast as we delve into all areas of health and well-being. So are you ready to find out more? Let's get started. Welcome back to today's solo episode with me on one of the most requested topics of the season, which is navigating the hormonal transition of perimenopause and menopause. So it is clearly one of the most chaotic transitions in a lot of women's life because it affects everything, truly. It it not only affects your hormones, it affects your appetite, it affects your weight, it affects your sleep, it affects how you perceive things in the world, it affects brain health, relationships, pretty much everything you can think of perimenopause can affect. And so today we just wanted to break that down and help you again feel empowered and understand a little bit about what is going on in this moment of time. And not even moment, unfortunately, for a lot of people, perimenopause can last a long time. So it is one of those things that we we tell people it can last up to 10 years. So as much as I want to call it a moment, it is often not, hence why I get so many questions about it. So what is perimenopause and what is happening? So essentially what happens as we talked about going through the women's cycle, what happens is you ovulate an egg every month. So you develop and ovulate an egg and that's kind of the purpose of the menstrual cycle is fertility and getting pregnant. But as you enter into perimenopause, you can start to develop more than one egg at a time because the low number of ovarian reserve or the number of kind of follicles that are left, the eggs that are left, can result in your body not just ovulating one, you could start to offload follicles. So you could start to develop a whole bunch of follicles and they're all making estrogen one month and then the next month you could not ovulate at all, not develop anything. And so one of the kind of telltale signs of perimenopausal changes is these alternating cycles. So before your cycle becomes irregular, before hot, flash, hot flashes start, before the night sweats start, which not don't happen to everyone. I like to reference this. We think this is super normal. It is not. It is common. There is a huge, huge difference here. So with those things, before all of that starts to happen, people will have a heavy period and then a light period and then a heavy period and then a light period. And then PMS seems to get worse. And you become a little bit more sensitive to stress. You become a little bit more sensitive to diet changes. And so there's a lot of things happening in your body that you're like, hmm, this is kind of weird. Things are changing. I don't like this. For most people, you are actually going to go into menopause. So menopause is defined as the not having a period for 12 months. So nothing consistent for 12 months, um, or nothing at all, I should say, for 12 months, which everyone hates this because I can't tell you the number of times in my practice. Someone's last period was July 3rd of the last year. And then they get a period on July 1st (laughs) of this year. So then they have to wait a whole nother 12 months before they're definitely in menopause. Um, So it's very frustrating. It's mother nature's joke on all of us. But 
perimenopause is, like I said, the up to 10-year period that's leading into that moment. And the women, the point that most women go into menopause is somewhat reflective of their mom. The caveat to that is if your mother had an autoimmune decision, an autoimmune condition that was unmanaged, then that's something that's going to have an impact because sometimes autoimmune conditions attack the ovaries. So if your mom went into menopause at 40 years old, that's not necessarily your destiny. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, But you can really look to that as a reference. It's like your mom, your aunt, everyone went into menopause at 50 years old. That's probably around what you can expect. So if you start getting some of these symptoms at 40, then that's something you obviously want to address because your body is clearly more sensitive or there's something going on that it's coming up earlier. Um, I do find that there's a moment in time unrelated to perimenopause around that 40-year-old age um, that hormones become more sensitive. So it's not that you're going into perimenopause, even though that's the question I get 90% of the time. It's just that you need more support of the hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis. You need more stress support because stress dramatically affects your your digestive system, which affects your hormones, but also your hormones directly. So there's a lot of things going on during that window of time, but not necessarily perimenopause. So like I said, telltale changes, you're starting to get some vaginal dryness, you're just starting to not feel yourself, skin is changing because estrogen is really important for skin health. Um, You might start to gain a little bit of weight around your abdomen, which we're going to talk about the reason behind that. Um, And things are just feeling different. Hormones are feeling different. So that's kind of the first indication. Most people don't really pick up on it and don't do anything until they start to get hot flashes and night sweats or until weight gain or sleep changes becomes a much bigger thing. So why is that happening, right? Why are we getting these hot flashes? Why are we getting these night sweats? And so... The easiest way for me to describe it to people in a way that most patients just love and really understand is that your ovary is making the majority of your hormones. So the adrenal glands, which we think about with stress response, they make stress hormones, but they can also make a little bit of female and male sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, something called DHEA, which is a really stabilizing hormone to the system that functions kind of like a male sex hormone. So In those situations, when your ovary is not making as much hormone or your your system is going to be more sensitive to the changes coming from the adrenal gland. So I always say if your ovary stops working, your adrenal glands kind of have to take over. And so that is why stress sensitivities are so real. That is part of why you can have more anxiety and you can have sleep issues at night. Um, That is part of why you can have a really stressful day and then have hot flashes and night sweats and things along that lines. Again, because the sensitivity and the relationship between those things. Sleep changes are also due to the fact that progesterone is a really, really calming hormone. It It works on something called the GABA system of our brain, which if anyone's ever used GABA for anxiety, it's a really calming system. And so essentially, it just allows you to get into a deep restorative sleep, and it's also very anti-inflammatory. But you only get progesterone if you're ovulating. So if you're not ovulating, 
then you're not going to make as much progesterone. And if there's a lot of inflammation and a lot of what we call cellular resting or oxidative stress, then you're going to have more issues with that axis as well. So you're going to make less progesterone and then you're going to have relatively more estrogen, which can contribute to mood changes, can contribute to sleep changes, um, all of these things kind of happening in the body. And again, just really can feel out of sorts. During this period of time, the inflammation conversation is also really important with respect to progesterone. So imbalances between estrogen and progesterone can be associated with autoimmune conditions. So autoimmune, right, that's when your your body, your immune system starts to attack itself. Your immune system can attack your thyroid. Your immune system can attack your joints. It can attack any tissue in the body. And the most vulnerable periods in a woman's life when it comes to autoimmunity is after they have a baby, puberty to some degree, and then menopause and perimenopause. Because again, all of these hormonal changes dramatically impact your immune system. So we cannot separate those two things um, when it comes to the immune system and perimenopause. So that can also lead to symptoms that aren't actually perimenopause related. So if you're starting to have joint aches and pains, stiffness in the morning that's getting better throughout the day that's happening. If you're starting to get heart palpitations, like I see in my practice all the time, very significant heart palpitations, mood changes, weight changes, people feeling cold, dry skin, bowel changes. That is in my situation, a reason to look at the thyroid because your thyroid is very susceptible to that autoimmune attack. So don't overlook these symptoms as normal. If anything is happening that you feel like is outside of the realm of what you would consider normal or not even necessarily common, but you're comfortable with, go to your doctor. If your doctor is not looking into it, get another opinion. Go see a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine practitioner because I can't tell you the number of times I've had patients passing out, hospitalized because of symptoms going through perimenopause and they're told it's either one, not your hormones, it has no nothing to do with this, or two, that, you know what, like, you're just crazy, you're going through perimenopause, deal with it. Do you want HRT? So like hormone replacement therapy. And if you don't want that, well, then you have no options. And that's so not the case. Oftentimes there's things undiagnosed and thyroid issues is one of the big ones. So definitely something that you want to keep in mind here. As we're going through these changes in estrogen and progesterone, it's also really, really common to have libido changes. I mentioned before vaginal dryness, right? Because estrogen is highly involved in lubricating tissues. It keeps your skin plump and moist. That's why all those lovely people in their 20s have no wrinkles and their skin looks great and their collagen is synthesizing. And I'm like, come on, people. Um, But from that side of the coin, estrogen is really at play there. It's at play with your sex drive, and it's also at play with vaginal lubrication, which is one of the main things people will start to see me for in perimenopause, is I just don't have that same relationship with my partner. I don't have vaginal dryness. I'm getting chronic UTIs because that's common. I'm starting to get blood in my urine. Um, What's going on there? And estrogen is really important in all of those things. Male sex hormones 
also drop during this period of time, right? It's not just going to be one axis or another. They all play together. And so male sex hormones like testosterone and DHEA are really important stabilizing hormones. If you picture estrogen running up and down throughout the course of the day, just cycling everywhere, if you don't have anything to buffer it, right, then you're going to feel the impacts of that so much more. I'll say to people, that's why we put white noise machines on for babies or people who don't sleep well, because it's just giving you a little bit of noise so that anything isn't kind of activating your system. You're not going from zero to 50, you're going from 25 or 30 up to 50. So that impact is dramatically less. That gap is always where there's symptoms. So supporting those androgens or those male sex hormones with things like maca, that's one of my favorite herbs um, for perimenopause, can be great just to stabilize the system so that your body has what it needs and to buffer symptoms and manage those. It helps with the stress response, but it's also helping with those male sex hormones so that libido is better, mood is better, um, but also responses to stress are better. Weight changes are another huge factor that people that bring people into me during perimenopause, and that's exactly what we are going to get into after the break. Sarah here. Do you love what you're learning? Do you want to take your health to the next level? In addition to my book on weight loss resistance, Finally Losing, I'm developing a number of masterclasses on the evidence-based treatment of some troublesome women's health issues. We are going to cover hair loss, acne, how to support your body for preconception and pre-pregnancy, and so much more. To find out more, follow me on Instagram at drsarah underscore nd, or go to advancedwomenshealth.ca slash podcast to be the first to find out when they're released. Welcome back. As I mentioned before the break, we are going to dive right into understanding weight and insulin resistance with perimenopause. So we've all seen those beautiful older people who have teeny tiny little arms and teeny tiny little legs and they carry all their weight in their bellies. And it's like, how is that physiologically possible, right? And that is because we start to get more insulin resistant going through perimenopause. So insulin is a fat storage hormone. It does a lot of things in the body. It's involved when it's too high and not a good thing. It's involved with diabetes. It's involved with acne. It's involved with hair loss. It's involved with weight gain, skin tag formation, changes in skin pigmentation, and so much more. When it is working properly, insulin rises when you eat a meal that contains sugar, right, or protein, and it's going to come in and store that away. Then it drops nice and low between your meals so you don't have any of this persistent exposure to insulin, and therefore you're good to go. Your body can store away proteins into your muscles, it can store away fat into the fat cells, and then it can keep it nice and low so that you can get that back out for later. So Insulin resistance, then, is when your body is not listening to those signals. It gets confused. So it just goes into chronic storage mode. You just store, 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 store. Your insulin is never actually coming down enough so that you are able to burn that fat as fuel, so that you're able to turn over your skin cells, so that you're able to grow hair and all of these types of things. Um, So when that is happening, and with all of the changes in hormones and everything happening around the time of perimenopause, your insulin is rising. So 
that's where oftentimes we see weight gain in the abdomen, weight gain in kind of like the upper back area that is directly related to insulin. It's If it's weight gain that's on your hip and butt, um, lower body, that can tend to be estrogen related. Um, so if that's happening, then you may want to get support understanding your estrogen signaling and figuring out what's going on there because maybe that is gone too, too high. But if it is kind of that abdomen, um, the area where I hear most often during perimenopause, that's the insulin relationship. And so we know, um, I say we, I talk about me and practitioners who who really focus our attention on the research in this area, uh, know that women become more carbohydrate sensitive during perimenopause, which is about the worst time because you're like, I'm not sleeping. I have all of these responsibilities, worked your way up in the corporate world. If that's the case, you've got teenagers or kids leaving the house, which is a huge source of stress. Um, You may have aging parents. All of these things are coming up during this window of time. There's so much extra stress. You're not sleeping. You're not feeling great. You just want the carbs. You just want the wine, but the carbs and the wine are really the things that are contributing to a lot of your symptoms in the first place. So becoming more carbohydrate sensitive is a huge part of what's happening here. And so oftentimes when we're dealing with the weight, I do testing to measure exactly what that looks like. But there are certain periods of time where using a lower carbohydrate approach can be really, really helpful to addressing not only weight changes, but blood sugar imbalance is a huge source of stress as we talked about in the first season. And so if your blood sugar is all over the place because you eat a high carb meal, your blood sugar spikes, then your blood sugar is falling, but your insulin is still high, so your body can't burn its stores as fuel, you get in this really nasty cascade of stress and you feel worn out at the end of the day. You're just overwhelmed. You're not happy with how things are going. You can't sleep. It starts all over again. So a lower carbohydrate approach, watching the wine consumption, (laughs) sorry, can be really, really helpful as well. Just to, again, give your body a really nutrient dense foundation to build upon. So Another thing that's really important during this period of time is keeping your eye on fasting and fed cycles. So intermittent fasting, which is fasting for 16 hours overnight and then eating for eight hours of the day is something that can help some people, uh, but it's not necessarily my first intervention for everyone because again, if you're really stressed and your blood sugar is imbalanced, it's going to be really hard to fast for long periods of time without inducing more stress. So going a very minimum of 12 hours overnight is really key. So that would mean you stop eating at 7 p.m. so you don't eat after dinner, which is the time we're tired and the time we don't make healthy food choices. And then you don't eat again till breakfast. That at a very minimum is critical to allowing your body to reset its metabolic hormones, to just reset its system so that you can get in there and use fat as fuel so that your inflammation can lower so that your body can cope with and deal with these different changes. Um, So again, those things are foundational. When it comes to perimenopause, outside of the weight changes and the libido changes and mood changes and sleep changes and hot flashes and night sweats and all of this chaos, brain health is another thing that I get asked a lot of questions about. And we have a whole episode on that next because talking about how estrogen impacts brain health is something that I'm really passionate about because 
I don't think we need to go more than half of our lives without estrogen exposure and without any kind of support for that. Because we know that brains can shrink in the face of low estrogen, that your memory can change. And there are a lot, whether you use bioidentical hormones or whether you use herbs that have an estrogen support quality, there's so many things that we can do to help to support this. So if on top of everything else we're talking about, you're like, oh, I totally feel you. My brain just doesn't feel like myself. I'm losing my words. I'm talking and like verbally, I just can't get out what I'm thinking. That does have a really strong relationship to estrogen signaling. So it is something else to think about. As a final note, I don't think it's all doom and gloom when it comes to perimenopause. First of all, I see many patients who go through perimenopause easy peasy. They've got the blood sugar regulation down, their nutrients are good, they've learned how to address their stress, they're on the herbs they need to be on, and it's smooth sailing. They feel great. It is also, perimenopause can be a hugely powerful time. And I'm really sensitive talking about this because people are like, you haven't gone through perimenopause. You don't know what it's like. Um, But supporting hundreds of patients going through this period of time, it is something that I have seen so many people do it in such a positive and enlightened way. I do think it's a moment where you can step into your purpose and passion. It is a moment where a lot of people stop caring about what other people think of them. They step into just a completely different role in their homes. They step into a completely different role in their workplaces. And it's so fun for me to watch people be like, no, you know what? I'm ready. This is my time. I want to do what I'm passionate about. I want to reignite that area of my life. I am not giving everything I have to my kids and my workplace. I am giving them like a three and a three, and then I'm giving myself a four out of 10, right? You, If you're kind of rating those areas, I'm really taking the time that I need so that I can be productive. I have earned this and I am going to just get back in touch with myself in whatever way that looks like, which I think is such a massively beautiful thing to have an opportunity to do, is to have that wherewithal to use this moment in time and realize that transitions are happening and realize that you're going to feel different about things and then just step into the positive and redefine who you are, redefine relationships, redefine passions, um, redefine what health looks like for you. I have so many women who come in, who started to feel those perimenopausal symptoms, and they're like, no, 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 this is not me. I want to be healthy. I want to do what it takes. I don't want to let my, what we call the fat stat, right? My, your body's set point of how much weight it wants to be. I don't want to let that creep up. I don't want to let these brain changes happen. I want to be at my best. What can I do? And they're so empowered. These are the patients I absolutely love to deal with because I talk about stress and they're like, yep, I talk about sleep the sleep hygiene is in place. They do all of the things because they're in that moment, they know how important it is and they know the quality of life they want to live their best, fullest life. So there's so many positive things that can happen around this as well. But if you're not in that moment or you're in menopause and you're like, I have vaginal dryness, I don't feel good, I've come over the hump, but I'm not where I want to be, then just know that this is not a destiny it's a journey and you may have kind of fallen into a place where you're not happy with, but know that there's always options to come out on the other side of it. And if you're being told by someone that there aren't, then look for another opinion because 
I see patients all the di- all the time who come in who are five years, 10 years past menopause. And they're like, you know what? My hair is falling out. I've gained some weight. I don't feel great, but I'm ready and I want to step into this. And I've been told for so long before finding your website that this was just destiny. I had to age like this and I was just going to every year feel a little bit worse for the half of my life uh, that is left. And that is so not the case. So if anything, I hope between the next episode we're going to go through, which is protecting brain health. Between this episode and understanding how your body becomes more sensitive and understanding these changes and our hormonal health episode that we already recorded, I just really hope that you feel more empowered. Again, education and empowerment, that is what Heidi and I do here. So I hope that you are able to expand on this and say, awesome, this is how I want to feel. This is what I can do and then take action. So no matter what, No matter what you take away from today's episode, know that your body can be well. You can move through this transition seamlessly, and we are all here to support you do that. If you have any questions about perimenopause specifically, if there's anything that I did not cover that is important to you, always feel free to let us know. Send us an email, send us an Instagram message, and be like, okay, I want to hear more about this because, again, we are here for you. On that note, take care of your hormones, take care of your stress, take care of your carbs, take care of your wine, (laughs) and be well. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more, go to reallywellwomen.com and connect with us. Also, spread the word so we can increase the feeling of really well women all around the world. So until next time, take care.